Episode of the Auto What podcast. That's right, 28. We lasted this long, guys. <laughs> uh, the hosts of this podcast are myself, Amon Bashir. We have Keegan on here and Robert Trell. And the 28th episode is a special one because this is the first time we've had two guests. Yep. We have two reps from uh, Rural Two Productions, and we so we're sitting here with Grant and McGill. How you guys doing? Doing great. Glad to be here. Yeah. I, now I said two reps from from two rural two productions. Are is are you guys the rural two? Are you guys the two? There is a third member. Third. Uh, Denis Jeanvo okay. is our composer. He composes under the pseudonym Vince Nitro. I like so, it. So he provides the music for most of our projects. Okay. Okay. Cool. So we have sixty six percent. Sixty six point six. Sixty seven percent. Well, yeah. I don't like to round. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so you know uh, we we ran through the, the the podcast with you guys already. So what we're gonna do? We're gonna jump back to the beer. Oh wait, the beer. first first time. First, we have to have you guys assess Amon's intro. Oh, you know what? I keep forgetting about that. It's something we do where we yeah. we ask our guests to rate the intro on a scale of one to ten. Yep. Ten being ten being magnificent, like radio yeah. host level, and then zero being. Mute person, if, I guess. If, 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 <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with right, mute people. With they can't talk, though. I guess. They wouldn't be very yeah. good. That's true. Not for radio. <laughs> so um, you need us to assess his intro? Sure. Well, yeah. I'd say it's already a knock against him that he forgot to include the assessment of his intro. Hey! Oh, you're getting meta. Here's the thing. We don't do that. We wait until after. And then usually... Uh, sounding defensive. Usually the know. non-host... I don't know. What do you think, Grant? <laughs> I'm not sure... You know what? You know what? I'll give him an eight just because I'm a nice oh, guy. I'll take it. I was I was thinking an eight. We have to average up. Here's the thing: not average. It's a sum. I got sixteen. What? This no. Insane. I was gonna say we can average them. You get so two eights. That's it. Yeah. Okay. It averages out to eight. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Keegan and I have been have been alternating for each podcast. Uh, getting for, buried. Yeah. Somebody gave him one, uh, one point, two point two point five. Yeah, I have like, two a, three, oh I have like a three average, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's, cool. that's a thing. I'll yeah. get there. Yeah, we'll catch up at some point. No, well, I'll be ahead. But, <laughs> but yeah, so we're uh, we're working through. We have been working through the holiday pack from Bose Brewery, and Bose has been really generous in that they gave us the holiday pack, and they actually gave it to us prior to the LCBO selling, which was really nice of them. And so we've gone through two of them. We have two in front of us. So we've started with uh, Burnt Rock. So Rob, why don't you tell us about the beer we're drinking right now? Sure. So it's a vanilla porter, 5.6% alcohol for those uh, beer aficionados. It's a classic British-style porter brewed with an addition of organic vanilla beans. That's kind of cool. Smell it. Uh, it was first brewed in 2012 as part of a, the Pro-Am series of beers designed by amateur brewers and brewed at Bose. Pretty cool. Uh, it won gold at the 2013 edition of Montreal's Mondial de la Bière. Okay. Yeah. It is good. <laughs> vanilla porters are my favorite. Nice. They're the best. And this is a vanilla porter. Yeah, the smell of vanilla is very oh, yeah. strong on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's for sure. Um, I, I can't tell what, what am I tasting that, that actually tastes of burnt. Like, it, it, it tastes really good, but. 
Well, it's like the flavor when it's in your mouth has that a sort of a smoky flavor to it. Yes. Yeah. And then after you swallow it, it has that sort of standard porter flavor of coffee. Which, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that, that makes sense. Which uh, which I, I, I've liked about the, the, the holiday pack as a whole because, uh, again, it's not something I, I, I'm not I'm not a big, uh, I guess, beer drinker to the point where I can describe exactly what's happening. But yeah. with each of these beers that we've tried so far, it sounds like a bit, it feels like a bit of an adventure, yeah, <laughs> which is kind of yeah, cool. Yeah. And I'm getting that again. Is there a word for that? Like a, like a gourmand of beer? Is, mm. is a, I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, it's like the beer version of something like a sommelier. Or a, yes, yeah. Or a, a tyromancer. No, that's with cheese, though. Yeah, and that's not even a, a savant of cheese. A tyromancer is someone who divines the future with cheese. Ooh, could could you? That sounds better. Yeah, I, I like that. And they're called know. drunks. Drunks. <laughs> they call it. Well, I'm no drunk, but <laughs> I see my future in this vanilla porter. Yeah. There's gonna be another one. Yeah. <laughs> Generally, I prefer you know blonde beers or wheat beers, but uh, I really like this porter because it doesn't. While it is strong, it's not that sort of punch in the face strong yeah, right. that you get from yeah. a lot of porters. I like that right. uh, that it doesn't have an aftertaste that that sort of overtakes the rest of the flavor. Yeah, yeah, mm. no, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, strong beer, strong beers. A lot of the time, they they kind of taste boozy. You know, it tastes like it's beer, and then someone put a little something in it. Mm-hmm. Like what? It, what happened here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah and, nice. and they generally leave uh, an unforgiving aftertaste yes. in my experience anyway. Yeah. But uh, not the case. Sweet. So, yeah, w- would we buy this again? You know, I probably would, especially if I'm having a party. I think this is a good beer mm-hmm. to, yep, yeah. to serve to people at a party. And it's excellently right. seasonal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's, that's excellent. That's like half, half of the beer deciding decision, really. Yeah. You know, how, how, cold, how cold is it outside? Yep. You know, like, what am I going to decide on? You're right. This, this is not a July key. beer. This is not a July beer. No, this is this is far heavy, far too heavy for July. But <laughs> heck, on a windy like like night like this in yep. November, I, I think I could go with. I think we do that as well. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to add here: we talked about food pairings with the other beers yes, because Bose does that. So they have uh, fair trade seventy percent chocolate, so very very dark chocolate. Yep. And gingerbread. Oh, which makes sense. And there's a recipe here for vanilla porter gingerbread Ooh. on Bose website. Cool. Okay. That's cool. That's exactly what I'd expect. If you'd asked me, I would have said, like, this with a really rich chocolate cake or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, that's what we should have done. Ah. Maybe when we start the second beer, we'll all guess what it should be paired with. And then we'll see. Oh, yeah. That's, that's fun. That's not bad. Because they have, like, a listing. That's right. Cool. Okay. Well, that, that's sweet. So, anyway, we'll enjoy that for the first bit until we run out. And then uh, we have a second one if we want to as well. So, there's that. Great. So let's uh, let's start off by uh, just sort of introducing you guys in terms of where you guys are coming from. So what we've done in the past, and I'm going to try to balance this between the both of you. Uh, what we've done in the past is that we've had people tell us sort of their, their, their story, their path on how they got to where they are right now, leading up to, in this case, Real 2 Productions. So can you give us sort of one at a time a quick summary of, of the ba- your background and sort of how this came to be uh, as a production company? Sure. I'll go first because I think Grant has actually had the longer journey. Ah. I am a native to Ottawa Gatineau. I grew up in Chelsea, Quebec, so just up in Gatineau. And really, all my life I knew that I wanted to work in the film industry. Since I was a very young age, my father used to take me to, I think they might actually still be operating, uh, West End Family Cinema. Um, 
they were, they're just a small group. They would show movies on the weekends for families. You know, uh, it cost like a buck or two for the ticket. Yeah. They'd show third run movies. And every weekend, my dad would take me and my sister to the West End Family Cinema. And we would watch, you know, Disney movies and things like that uh, from a very young age. The, one of the first movies I remember seeing in theaters was Gremlins, even. So that gives, <laughs> you, sort of, that gives you a sense of how long I've been sort yeah. of a, a fan of the of the. The silver screen. And um, so at a very young age, I decided I wanted to work in the film industry. And then, you know, growing up, that's always my, what, what I wanted to do. When I was 18, for my birthday, I got a camcorder, just a little handy cam thing and some editing software. Right. And uh, then I went to Carlton U for film studies, where I met Grant. And it really, it was just this natural progression. And now I work in the film industry. So okay. it's sort of like the realization of a, a lifelong ambition of mine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that you stuck with it too, which is, because I, I, I mean, I would imagine there's a lot of challenges along the way. Absolutely. And, and a lot of reasons. I mean, a lot of pressures, especially from what's um, maybe not your parents, but parents in general typically are like, okay, well, you know, go down this route. Like my parents, for example, you know, they're very big on, you know, professional fields or whatever. And, and, and I mean, that it all makes sense. It, but anyway, that's, it, it's, that's it's cool. actually, it was sort of the opposite with my family because they're, when I initially, when I had my first foray into the film industry working on a professional production, this would have been in about 2002, 2003, I worked on a feature film and I started to get discouraged because I love the art of the film industry, sure. but so much of it is just based off of the business side of things. Well, which, right. yeah, yeah. So I worked on my first film, which was a film shot here in Ottawa called Decoys. 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 You can find it online, I'm sure, for rent. Okay. It was, yeah. it, the, the, the elevator pitch is it's American Pie meets Species. It's some college oh. guys who want to get laid, but all the girls <laughs> at their college are aliens who want to kill them. That, I that, like it. And it was, shot, it was shot at Ottawa U. Okay. Oh, yeah. and, uh, and I worked on it. It was the first major production I worked on. And I was just so disheartened by the business end of yeah. filmmaking and finding out that it's so much of it is not about the art. It's just about making money, making mm. a quick buck. What will right. appeal, uh, appeal to mass audiences? Precisely. Yeah. And so after I had that experience, I got really disheartened and I started to think maybe I want a job that has more security and I'll do this as a hobby. But it was actually my dad who really pushed and said, no, you know what? You should do this. You've always been passionate about this. I like so, that. So it was actually the opposite of what you'd expect. I was the one thinking maybe I should just go into some, you know, a more professional field or something. Yeah, yeah. But it was my father who was very much like, no, no, you've always loved this. So you should keep doing it. And now I'm doing it. And I'm just having a ball. He nice. was right. He was absolutely right. Huge thanks Great. to him. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. And how about you, Grant? Tell, tell your tale. Um, well, uh... I was raised up in Sudbury, Ontario. Oh, um, cool. I'm from Elliot Lake. Oh, wild. Yeah, okay, all right. Well, kindred spirits <laughs> of the north. There you go. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, while I was in high school, uh, I got into video production, got into animation, really, really fell in love, uh, started tinkering around, making short films, um, and just kind of touring them around northern Ontario and kind of some of the film festivals up there. and got a pretty good response and, and I, you know, really built up enough confidence to be like, hey, this could be something that I could get into sure. full time. This could be kind of a potential career. Um, uh, so that led me to uh, um, the film studies program at Carleton. Hey, no, uh, you're, you're skipping over the part where you actually like won something. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Rewind. Um, 
So uh, one of the one of the film festivals up north, the CTV uh, Video Makers Competition, which is something that they throw annually as a part of uh, Cinefest, um, uh, actually awarded one of my films um, uh, first in the student category and like uh, um, second overall. So wow. Uh, wow! Yeah, and it actually it, it netted me enough money to kind of create a little bit of a nest egg that allowed me to like buy my first computer and like come down here to study film. So you know, of course, my parents helped. Yeah. You know, that movie was called The Asphodel Meadows, and you will not find it anywhere because I think I have the only existing copy now. Yeah, yeah. See, this is the thing. You know, uh, you know, as as some of us are, I'm 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 a bit tinkery about the details, and there's a lot of things that I've made that I'm not entirely happy with. uh, um, You know, like I I feel a bit uh, nebbish about uh, promoting, but uh, you know, McGill uh, is pretty good at. Fulfilling that role, uh, you know, I, I tend to drag Grant kicking and screaming into the limelight. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, I, I was able to come down here and study film, and uh, uh, through that process, uh, met McGill, and we yeah, started we, working together. We met in uh, second year film studies, I believe, yeah, yeah. and uh, you, had, I had already done some work with the Carlton Film Society. Grant had done some work and was. Uh, working on something bigger that then came to fruition uh, in the form of a short film called The Great American Novel. The Great American Novel. That we both worked on together. Uh, I was an actor, and he was the writer, but also sort of assistant director, co-director. Yeah. Mostly, you just sort of <laughs> yelled at me and told me to be more menacing and shot me from a low angle, so I looked sort of grotesque. And, uh, you did a fantastic job in th- that production. Thank you. <laughs> I'm grotesque, or... <laughs> I, I'm just generally grotesque, I guess. Um, <laughs> I a pair of sunglasses and a threatening yeah. peek out on this guy and he can he can play menacing all right <laughs> method actor but uh, and, and really it was i think it was the year that i graduated uh after i had met grant and we'd sort of worked on a few things together right. and uh we both recognized that we had talents that the other person didn't mm. you know uh, wow. as grant just said you know i i, I feel like i'm of the two of us, I am the one who is more focused on promotion and producing, getting things out there, and maybe to a degree editing. And Grant is definitely more about design and meticulous detail. All the tinkery details. All the tinkery details. And he has this real great artistic talent, this really awesome artistic eye that sure. I just don't have. And it sort of confounds me when I watch him. <laughs> like he, he made... A, for just some short film project, uh, but Fellaheen, this short film that you can find on YouTube. Oh no! He made this insane, like weird Celtic deer god head out of like an old coat and a bike helmet, and, <laughs> and his ability to do that always just sort of amazes me because yeah. I don't have quite that that same artistic talent. But you complement each other. But we complement each other, and and I have this vivid memory of the year that I graduated, which was 2010 standing in uh, the kitchen of Grant's apartment saying, Grant, I want to do this for a living. This is what I want to do. Are you, are you on board with this? And Grant just started going, well, I suppose so. And here we are, here we are four years later, and we actually have a, a proper video production outfit and a, yeah. a, a network of clients and uh, making good money off of it. So, so those two stories led to what is now Rule 2 Production. Precisely. Now, yeah. now, when was that sort of, like... When was the inception of? Yeah. of uh, I'd, I'd say the official the official formation of Rule Two Productions was probably the end of 2012, okay. when 
we both decided that we just, it was after we had done the great American novel and we both decided that we wanted to just make some short films ourselves. I know Grant, there were certain like aspects of the great American novel that you weren't totally happy with because you didn't have full creative control. And at that point I had recognized that you had, you know, this great eye for cinematography. And so we borrowed a camera from our friend, Trevor Kanaya Plug for Trevor. Um, <laughs> we borrowed his camera and we went to just this little hill next to the transit way. And we spent uh, a half a day there. And then we also spent a half a day on a hill in the middle of the experimental farm shooting a Western <laughs> that I starred in in the freezing cold. It was a Western called Gunman. And uh, I had like a score that... Graham Collins, who used to live in Ottawa, he was a great composer, he lived in Ottawa, and uh, when he was in Ottawa, he scored, he wrote a Western score for me for a production that hadn't taken off. So I recycled that score, and the two of us made this, like, five-minute short called Gunman, and everyone we showed it to was like, this is actually really good, like, this is, this is, this is pretty cool stuff. <laughs> and thereafter, it, it was really, it was, uh, I think, March 2013, we embarked on the first big rule to production of a short film, which was a, a sci-fi short called Jet Ranger of Another Tomorrow. Okay. And uh, ever since then, we've just, we've been making video after video, short films and also a lot of corporate work and uh, we're working with a lot of local bands. So just, just really anything you can imagine, animation, anything you can imagine doing with video, I mm -hmm. think we're... we're <laughs> We've either done it or we're working towards doing it at this point. Right. Yeah. So, so is your business mostly client-driven? Like, the, mo the stuff that you produce is mostly for Well, for certainly clients. the money end of it. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's kind of a means to yeah, do we, your own. Yeah, we do a lot of corporate exactly. work with, right. a, with a lot of clients, mostly NGOs. Um, and that helps fund our short films, our more artistic right. projects. Very cool. Okay. So I, I want to get into some of the uh, uh, different types of projects. So you've touched on some short films, and, I, and you just listed a couple of different other types of projects. So we'll get into that. The first thing that I'd like to do is uh, jump to one of our segments. So we have a couple of different segments on this podcast. One of them is called uh, Classic Ottawa. So Keegan, do you want to explain what uh, Classic Ottawa is, and then maybe uh, well, tell us what? Uh, yeah, and it's. Going to the segment, I suppose. Would love yeah, to. Classic Ottawa is our new segment where we keep our listeners informed because uh, who has time to read, honestly? I don't. Or I didn't. And then we started this podcast and now all, all I do is read news stories. And not just the headlines because you need to read yeah. the articles. I know, yeah, if you, want, if you want to make a good joke. <laughs> so, here's my day's labor for everyone. A new study from the University of Ottawa found that a university degree in any subject usually leads to better-than-average salaries. More great work from the researchers in the university's obvious studies department. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, that was the whole article. It was like, yeah, if you do a degree, you get more money for stuff. I was like, who, who's arguing that? <laughs> Is that a debate that's happening? <laughs> um, this one, I, didn't, I guess I didn't read the news this weekend. I didn't know anything about it. But an anonymous hacker compromised multiple city of Ottawa oh, websites this past weekend. The sorry, I'm on a phone. <laughs> the uh, the Ottawa police site and Ottawa.ca were among the websites that the hacker apparently gained access to. Mayor Jim Watson took the city's site down so as to ensure that no sensitive data would be in jeopardy. 
Citizens can rest easy knowing the top secret information is safe, like what color the new light rail will be or where city council orders takeout from. <laughs> not a whole lot of top secret stuff going on. Yeah, apparently not. In Rick Shirelli's office. Is he still on council? I, I don't think he is. Yes. Really? Let's say he is. Joe Nicastro, co-owner of Nicastro's Italian Food Emporium, recently purchased an $1,000 provolone cheese. According to the Ottawa Citizen, the cheese is 12 feet long and cost $18,000. The Citizen added that we are actively looking for more news. It doesn't have to be important or even interesting. Please send us anything you have. We will print anything. That's a, a direct <laughs> quote. Can I comment on yeah, that? Please. Oh, yeah, please. Jump so, in whenever you want, guys. So uh, a couple of years ago, um, at the time, my girlfriend, Caitlin Paxson, plug for Caitlin, she was, the, <laughs> she was the managing artistic director of the Ottawa Storytellers, which is a spoken word theater group. Yes. Okay. And they had arranged for their storytelling festival for actor Stephen Tobolowski to come to town. Mm. And you may not know him by name. Oh, you know him. Have you seen Groundhog Needle Day? Needle Nose Ned. <laughs> Needle Nose Ned, the guy oh. that Bill Murray punches out again and again in Groundhog Day. <laughs> that guy, he's That's a prominent cool. character actor. He's something like the 12th most prolific actor in all of cinema and TV because oh, he's oh, just, yeah. he's in everything. He's yeah. been on wow. every show. And uh, so he was coming to town for the storytelling festival. And I was really excited because I love his work. And I remember looking at the Ottawa Citizen day after day to see if they had anything on him. And one day, their top story was, Firefighter Rescues Kitten from Tree. <laughs> so I emailed them and I said, you morons! This incredibly prolific actor is coming to town. He's going to be right here in town. And you're covering firefighters saving cats from trees? <laughs> and sure enough, the next day, they like arranged for him to do an interview they had right, him on CBC yeah. Radio. Right away, they're like, oh, wow, well, we got to get on this. Yeah. Nice work. So, yeah, so sure, enough, you. <laughs> sure enough, you read something like, oh, yes, he brought a giant cheese. Yeah, clearly they need more news. <laughs> more news and real news Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Uh, that was some news. All right. Oh, there's more. Oh. A, a new bill that would restrict e-cigarettes and ban flavored tobacco in Ottawa is being proposed to the provincial government. This bill hopes to eliminate flavors that are popular with teen smokers, such as menthol cigarettes. Critics, however, argue that some tobacco flavors are wildly popular across all demographics, such as lung cancer or respiratory failure. Popular flavors of, <laughs> of tobacco. Who knew? <laughs> I, uh, I did my first year and a bit in film studies with Grant. I don't think I met you, McGill. No, I don't think But so. menthol cigarettes were all the rage in, with my friends. I smoked them all the time. Not me. I watched people smoke them. But they were very, very popular. Thank you for that bit Teens. of information. Yeah, yeah that's the news. <laughs> <laughs> that's what cat, newscasters do, right? It's like, they go on personal tangents. <laughs> the NCC announced that it would not allow the city to bury only part of its LRT proposed line along Sir John A. Macdonald Parkway, proposing instead that it either dig a deeper tunnel or divert the line. In response to this rejection, Jim Watson elected to do what we all learned to do as kids, tell mommy and daddy... In this case, Daddy being John Baird and Mommy being John Baird. <laughs> <laughs> Cla classic John Baird is a lady joke. Yeah. 
and I think Rob had another. I do, yeah. Uh, so there's a there's a story that's been in the news of late. Uh, after I think it was La Presse in Montreal picked it up. Uh, so there's a research facility at the NRC campus where I did a bunch of research for my graduate studies uh, called the National Highfield NMR Facility for Solids. And I just wanted to, there's an important story going on about federal funding, and I just want to talk about the decommissioning of their, it's, it's essentially for, for non-scientists, for the layperson, it's a very, very large magnet that allows uh, chemists to determine chemical compositions of solid materials. It's the largest magnet of its kind. It's dedicated to studying solids. Uh, the staff working there is really great. It's been, it's been used for, I think it's been almost 10 years. And they're, they're having to decommission this magnet, which is it's literally the size of a room. It's something like 15 feet tall, about 8 feet around. It's enormous. And uh, the, the government cut funding to the, to the facility, and so they're having to turn this magnet off in about a month, December 18th is when they're doing it, uh, because the government funds for the facility run out at the end of March. And I just wanted to, to bring it up because it was it was a really great honor to use this facility and to work with people there. And so the loss is just another in a long string of closures due to conservative budget cuts to pure science research. And I don't think that's the right way to go. I've been interested in science my entire life and I just think it's a it's a big loss. That's right. There's no joke there. No, no, just, it's, it's a blur, but you have every right to do it. Rob like, told me specifically not to write a joke for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you actually post the link first and you were going to make a joke over that? No, no, no. Okay, no, no. I was just going to say, that's, that's the only that, joke in that, that story. Been, that would have been even worse. <laughs> okay, well, there's that. Uh, well, thank you, Rob and Keegan, for uh, the news. So, uh, Grant and McGill, back to Rule 2 Productions. Uh, so we talked about some of the films, uh, as Keegan is very loudly pouring some of the beer. Uh, <laughs> Drama- dramatically. <laughs> dramatically, even. Uh, we talked about some of the films you've done. Uh, and you touched on one of your projects that you do is work with bands. Could you speak a bit to that? Sure. Um, so, for example, in what capacity? How did you get involved in it? Are you partnered with anybody? From there. Well, uh, most of our work with bands, uh, we've, we've done a... We, we've done quite a bit of work in sort of offshoot capacity, but the, the primary uh, project that we work on that brings us in touch with local bands is our partnership with Couch Assassin. Uh, Couch Assassin, they're local event promoters. They have a, a website that is uh, essentially an events calendar and also a blog that covers uh, local events, mostly music-related. Sure. And uh, after... Uh, Essentially, after Angry Neighbor Productions, who were partnered with them before, after that production company disbanded, uh, some they all sort of went their separate ways, moved away from Ottawa, yeah. uh, Couch Assassin was looking for some new videographers to help them with their web series, Soundcheck. Yep. Soundcheck is a web series where they interview local bands in the band's jam space, or these very intimate interviews. Yep. And uh, they, they do an interview, and then they also record the band playing a few of their signature songs. Uh, and they came to us because we were friends with the Angry Neighbors, and uh, the, the head, one of the heads of Coach Assassin, Andrew LaSalle, had seen some of our work, and he really liked what he saw. So they approached us to be their in-house videographers, essentially. Yeah. And uh, 
it, that, that just happened uh, this past summer. Yeah. So since then, we've covered four bands? Four it's going to be four bands uh, in their soundcheck series. And uh, it, it's just that. We, we go into the, these jam spaces and we, we record interviews and, and songs from these bands. Sure. And then through Couch Assassin, we also came into contact with a, a local... What, what do they call themselves? The patron saint of plagues. What, what, how do they label their work? It's like spooky metal. It's, spooky. it's, not, it's yeah. not really death metal. It's like scare metal. Mm-hmm. Halloween metal. Um, <laughs> through, through Couch Assassin, we were put into contact with the patron saint of plagues who were looking for someone to shoot a music video for them. Oh. So we've been working on that for the past few months as well, oh, uh, yeah. getting a, a music video together for those guys. It's kind of neat how these projects were leading to more, while not eliminating it's, your previous projects. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, like a, it's a domino effect. It's a yeah. web yeah. Of, of projects, all these different offshoots. And I know you also do uh, a lot of work with um, The Muddy Wheel, the yeah, uh, yeah. Montreal-based band. Yeah, certainly. Um, uh, well, uh, the Muddy Wheel is uh, is um, headed by uh, um, Mike Del Rey, who is uh, um, who I knew through a friend of mine who lives in Montreal, um, and uh, I had the opportunity to kind of put together some of their kind of like visual branding, and I'm um, working on a music video right now, and they uh, they're just a really excellent super group, um, and they're just kind of like coming into the into the forefront. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been a really great experience. Um, got some really great footage, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where they're headed. That makes sense. Something I really love about working with, uh, especially local bands, is you you meet them at sort of these different points in their careers. You can yeah. see like some of them are just taking off. Some of them have been established for a while, sure. and you could. And they, you know, seeing them operate within different styles of music. Uh, a, a great sort of example is uh, one of the f- the first interview we did with Couch Assassin was Tindervox, who are these these great. Uh, they they said one of their main influences is Radiohead, so it's almost like a Radiohead slash rock jazz outfit in a way. Uh, fantastic sound. Fantastic sound. Yeah. Uh, so so they were one of the first interviews that we did, and then last month we did an interview with Arms of the Girl. Who are they're a bit more like pop rock in a way. Yeah. It, to just it's, it's sort of difficult to classify their style, but they are sort of more pop rock. And they had played at Arms of the Girl in their interview. They were talking about how excited they were to have played at Blues Fest. Yeah. And Tindervox in their interview were talking about how excited they were to play at Folk Fest. Yeah. And so you sort of see just these different contrasts and sort of what the what the different objectives are for these bands and where they want to fit within the Ottawa music scene. Right. Yeah. And that's something that I just I get such a such a thrill out of. It, See, seeing these bands at different points in their career and seeing where they want to go and what scenes they want to fit into and, and what, their, what their goals are. And when they achieve a goal, like Blues Fest or Folk Fest, where do they want to go next? You know, what's the next step? Hey, yes. in, inevitably, it seems to be, and now we're releasing a new single. <laughs> but still, no, I mean, I, 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 there are different milestones, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because just before I recording the podcast, we were, we, were, we were speaking about websites, for example. We were talking about how you know, how sort of the, the, the style has changed in terms of how much, and we were also talking about podcasts, to be honest. I mean, all of it in terms of just the ex- access to doing different types of things technologically uh, in, in the modern day versus 15 years ago. I mean, it's night and day. And for the number of people that could just create their own, well, Rob, you're one of them. You created your own website, robbiel.com. Yeah. 
And I mean, it's, it promotes you, you know, in all your projects, your portfolio and everything and grow through productions. I see that you guys have a website. Is it real productions.com? Is that, it's not. We gotta buy the domain. Uh, oh, it's, oh. it's actually. We gotta buy it before this comes out. Oh no! Somebody, somebody's gonna bad. snipe us. My bad. No, the uh, it, really what started before Rule to Productions was even formed. Uh, I I used Facebook the way most people used a blog. I say used in the past tense. Yeah. This is how I used to use Facebook. Is I would post just amusing links, YouTube videos, anything that I thought was cool. I would post on my wall for people to see. Mm-hmm. And after I'd say about a year of that. Somebody just said, you know, you really just should have a blog where you post all this stuff. <laughs> so I founded a blog called The Back Row, the-back-row.com. Oh, and, that explains it. And okay. The Back Row is, it then became the hub for just about oh, everything we yes. do. So Rule 2 Productions can be found through there. Our right. screening series, Canocular Vision, can be found through there. Yeah, nice. uh, Vince Nitro, our, com- our composer, his website can be found through there. Right. It, it's, it's like our own little media empire. Oh, yeah. That's what so, it eventually evolved into. So that's fair. Now, that said, you guys still have your own website. Correct, yes. At, you know, yeah. the back row, rule2.thebackrow.com. Um, but that, you know, with that said, in terms of music... And, and sort of how accessible it is right now to just, just see anything that's going on with any small band in Ottawa. It's people are more able to, to you know, achieve these what were once giant goals, which are still pretty big goals, but it, it was almost unobtainable at, the, at one point to get to Blues Fest, to get to Folks Fest. And now that you guys are sort of right there and speaking to these different bands, I can only imagine just how fascinating it is in terms of where they want to take it. So, uh, I'm just curious, do you have a preference in terms of what level they're at? Do you prefer people who are at the beginning looking for advice in terms of where to go in terms of video? Or do you want somebody, do you prefer somebody who has like a very clear image of what they want and you just sort of deliver on it? That's a really good question. Grant, <laughs> do you have an opinion on that? <laughs> well, I, I, I think that like specifically a lot of our experience is with bands that are just kind of like burgeoning they're they're right on like the the edge of of like really evolving into their next stage and that's like a really great um you know like place to kind of sort of meet them and be able to like offer content um and offer video and like you know essentially uh you know like produce a service for them because i feel like that's sort of the stuff that still needs promoting, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, video every, yeah. video production at, at an early level in a band's life is a lot more useful. Exactly. It's not, if we interview them and they are just starting out, that interview then goes on to be a lot more useful for them to be to promote. Uh, another uh, musician that we interviewed was Danielle Allard, who's just this really wonderful, talented musician. and. Yeah. The interview that we conducted with her, she went on to use that same video as her the video for her Indiegogo campaign to raise funds for her for solo album, yeah. which is incredibly flattering. Yeah. So, so yeah. it's that's the kind of thing where it's like if somebody's just starting out, that the video you make for them can just be so much more use to them. Yeah. You know, something some quality piece of media that they can use to promote themselves. Exactly. But but frankly for me, it's like give me any band. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking before about Arms of the Girl. They're quite an established band. Certainly. But yeah. uh, I just loved watching them rock out at the Nepean School of Music. And I loved listening to them talk about how their band evolved from being almost like a joke outfit called 
was it Afton's Angels? Yeah. Where there was only one male member named Afton, and all the girl members would like pose like Charlie's Angels <laughs> around him. And then, and then it shifted, and some more, you know, some of the girls left, and some more guys came in, and they eventually became Arms of the Girl. But it's so fun to hear about that backstory and hear how they yeah. they changed and they became what they are now. So, and, and you're telling me stories via coaches house. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So, so really, give me any band. I'd like to. I'd like to talk yeah, to, to anybody, and they're all so different. They all all have such diverse and and unusual stories behind That's them. That's it. Very cool. <laughs> uh, so, in that time that we were just talking about that particular project, Keegan poured us uh, a new beer. Dramatically. Very dramatically. Dramatically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so why don't we just quickly jump to this and and uh, I, I want to go through this experience. Well, first, Rob, why, why don't you talk about it? Yeah. So. This beer, and I'm not clear on this word, this is the second time this oh. week I've seen this word. Groot. Is it Groot or Groot? I think it's, but it's I a, am Groot. I knew that was going to come up. So the, this beer is called St. Luke's Verse. It's a lavender Groot. Uh, it's got an aromatic bouquet of lavender, thyme, and rosemary, which present in unison as a deliciously drinkable potpourri. Oh, that's, that's a good description. That's very good yeah. description. I absolutely smell that. Very accurate. I was I was going to say this smells like the oil that I dip my bread in. Ah <laughs> yes. <laughs> ah yeah, that that that's great. It, but it is all at once. It's less of that that adventure that we talked about before. It's more of a just enjoy this all at once. It go down smooth and yeah. take another sip. It almost tastes like a perfume without that bad aftertaste. Have you mm. tasted perfume? I have multiple times, and I'll tell you, <laughs> the aftertaste is a killer. He's not drinking beer right now. Yeah. He's drinking. He's drinking perfume. It's very, it's very bitter. But this is like the start of the front end of the perfume, if you will. Okay, without the bitterness. Yeah, I find <laughs> that the, the the smell is is heavy on the lavender, mm, but yep. the taste is heavy on the rosemary and thyme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And what do you think, Rob? Uh, I haven't even tried it yet. I'm, I'm trying to figure out. It is Groot, like yeah. Groot from Guardians like of the Galaxy. Like Vin Diesel. Yeah, that's what we thought. It is Groot. Uh, <laughs> it, we are Groot. Ah, there we are. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's some spice. Yeah. It does taste like poopery. It's good. But in a good way. Because yeah. I imagine when I, when I read that, I was like, that seems off-putting, but it's... But, it but, tastes like the good side of poopery. But that. it's that yeah. element perfume. of it that makes it a winter brew, I think. Yeah, right. Because without it, well, it's a, it's an all year or just summer. So, so are we guessing so, the food? Oh, pairings? Yeah, yeah. Let's guess the food pairings. I would pair with... this with uh, old cheddar. Old cheddar. Mm. Okay. Grant. Hmm. I, I, something about this is saying like, like a really kind of like flavorful soup. You know, mm. you know, like a like yeah. a good a kind of like. Soup. Hearty potato yeah, curry yeah. sort of jazz. Yeah, I, wonder if, well I wonder if it would be good if you poured the beer in the soup. Ooh, ah, take that the broth. I yeah. like it. Bro? <laughs> <laughs> We're going in order. You see. Uh, I'm going to say... <laughs> I think I would enjoy it most with a salad. And I know that doesn't oh. fit in with anything else, but mm-hmm. I'm detecting it. These are all, very, these are all very different. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. I uh, I'm I'm going to stay along the lines of what you said earlier, uh, Miguel, in terms of bread. Like I mm. I'm going to drink this and just eat a whole baguette to myself. Well, you could have some of the old cheddar on a slice of baguette. Uh, you know what? You know we we can work together. Yeah. Toss like, salad on so, the side. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Well, <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> uh, I I'm going to say like a smoked salmon. 
or okay. maple glazed fish. Oh, maple glazed salmon. I think okay. between all of us, we have a full meal. Yeah, I think so. Right. Oh, <laughs> cheese takes it. Whoa! Oh, <laughs> McGill. Well, we couldn't copy him. Uh, herb chicken stew as well. Hey, hey stew. Oh, that's great. Or a tart flambe. Hey, I said flambe. Oh, you did. Ah, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> wow. wow. Nice going, guys. Yeah, way to go. Rule two productions. They know their beer. We know yes, their beer. I am it's the a, it's beer equivalent of a Somali. Yes. <laughs> Whatever that may be. You are a drunker. That's great. We're a tyromancer. Yeah. <laughs> I have no cheese was involved in this one. Oh. Uh, so, jumping back to, to some of the stuff uh, you guys do. Um, do you want to speak a little bit to um, the film and video industry in Ottawa? Because you guys have first-hand experience now, and so you guys know about some of the competition out there for you guys, and just sort of the, the prevalence of it. Mm-hmm. So, so do you want to speak a bit to it? Can I can I preface it by saying yep. that whenever I hear or think about film industry, or I hear people want to do film, I hear Vancouver, Toronto. Like, those are your options. And so it's interesting to me that you guys are doing something like this in Ottawa. Well, it actually helps that there's not a lot of competition in (laughs) Ottawa. That's very helpful. Um, Ottawa really wants to be like Toronto. I find that within the Ottawa film community, there's this real push to, to sort of help Ottawa become recognized as a potential center for film. And as Toronto becomes more and more expensive uh, as a place for productions to shoot, Ottawa is becoming more and more appealing. But we're still sort of in this this sort of gray area. For a while there, there was a lot of talk of opening a film studio at the stockyards, the baby stockyards. But then that deal fell through. Um, So it's, it's sort of like in limbo, but I know a lot of the people within the Ottawa film community really want it to become more of a center for film because right. there are a lot of us out there. Right. And uh, what's interesting is, you know, you, you talk about competition. Something that I found with the Ottawa film community is they're actually all really supportive of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there isn't a lot of competition. Oh, wow. uh, there's a, there's a, a private Facebook group that's just called Ottawa Filmmakers. And all the time on there, you see people... You know, calling, saying, hey, we need a location. Hey, we need some actors. You know, hey, is there an editor out there who can help us out? And everybody is just happy to lend a hand. So that's that's something that I think is really valuable about the Ottawa film community that's probably missing from Toronto or Vancouver, where the film community in those places is so large that it probably is a lot more competitive. But here in Ottawa, it seems a lot more cooperative. Well, I I think like specifically in in kind of like the venue of short films, like Ottawa is really great. Like there's a there's a lot of, uh, um, you know, local talent producing short films, specifically like some of the uh, the festivals that go on each year. Digi 60 is definitely one that uh, uh, we've we've been able to uh, play a part in for a while. And And, uh, the Ottawa International Film Festival is getting quite big as well. It's only five years old now, but uh, it's it's gotten quite large and, and prominent, and it seems to only be growing. Yeah, so right. so it, it's, it seems like the kind of thing, it's on the up and up, but is it has yet to reach that point where everybody turns on each other and goes, no, 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 we have to be the only game. <laughs> well, even even the animation festival. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it, also it's interesting that uh, um, in, in the, the heyday of the NFB, not to say that the NFB is wanting by any uh, stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, this was head office, and you look at all of the uh, the, the the great uh, 
uh, Norman McLaren, uh, you know, like uh, National Film Board classics of the 1950, uh, 1960s. They were all set in Ottawa. Um, uh, you look at uh, Neighbors, which won an Academy Award uh, when it was first released. Uh, it was shot up in Rockcliffe Park, actually. Oh, wow. um, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 interesting to see, um, you know, like some of these, you know, elements of film production, like short films, uh, that have like um, quite a history in this town, uh, continue to, you know, be you know like solid and uh, continue to produce like really. Really interesting and excellent content. Mm-hmm. Ottawa does have a really good like arts and culture scene and a yeah. really good film scene, but sadly, so much of it is overshadowed by the fact that we're a government city. Well, and, yeah. and that's just it, right? And that's that's the. I mean, I don't know about you from Sudbury, but before I moved here, that's all I knew about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you know, it's it's a nine to five town, and, and you go home, and that's it. But I mean, well, we're sitting in, in my place right now. <laughs> I, I live downtown. There's always something going on. Right. Yeah, especially yeah. in the summer, the, the number of festivals just in general. But more recently, in the past couple of years, you know, I I, I I know a lot of people in theater, for example, and I had no idea there were that many theater festivals in Ottawa. Oh, the Fringe Festival is Fringe terrific. Fringe alone is huge, and and there's a few. Yeah, and we we had a guest who talked a lot about uh, youth infringement, which is a lot like Fringe in terms of the theater festival, but I think it's it's under twenty five, for example. So I mean, there there are several. In terms of theater, now there's also several in terms of film, and the animation uh, uh, festival has been going on for a long time. It's just it, it's fascinating that so much it, 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 you know Ottawa is such such a vast you know it, it has such a vast community in terms of arts and culture. It's, it's great, and now that you're talking about some of these sort of historic films, short films or, or otherwise that were filmed in Ottawa, that's that's inspiring. That's great. And your reaction is sadly all too typical. Is you'll yeah. say something like that, and someone yeah. will go. Oh, really? <laughs> I had no idea. And, and that's the thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But this is why we do this. <laughs> <laughs> you said the word Digi60 a while back. Yep. And I don't know what that is. Can you I'd like to expand on that? Yeah, Miguel, go ahead. The Digi60 Film Festival, uh, Rule 2 Productions only just got involved with it this year. Okay. Uh, I don't know how many years it's been going on. Do you, Brad? I'm not entirely sure. It's been a while, though. I think. It's been like... At least three, four years, something like that. Um, you'll, you could find out on their website, I'm sure. But uh, the Digi Sixty Film Festival, it's like a, it's like a film challenge where filmmakers sign up, they pay an entry fee, and then on a set date, the organizers of the festival give restrictions. They say these are the restrictions for this film festival. So, uh, for example, in the spring, the restriction was your movie can only be a maximum of two minutes and 30 seconds long. <laughs> it has to include a an appearance by a cast or crew member giving a short pitch yeah. for you know a short description of what the film is about. And it has to be on the theme of sparks. Interpret the word sparks however you <laughs> want and make a two minute and 30 second film about it. And then you had, I think we had three weeks. You had like about a month. Okay. And uh, so then you have a month to complete and submit your film. (laughs) And then they screen all the films and they give out awards and prizes. uh, Judged by a a jury that is different every time. Right. And uh, so so that is an example. And uh, they, they do it twice a year. They do it once in the springtime and once in the fall. 
we took part in the spring festival this year, and we're taking part in the fall festival. Okay. So for sp the spring one, the theme was sparks, and for the fall one, everybody had to make fan films. <laughs> they had fan films. Fan films. <laughs> they had to make yeah. films based off of properties that they were fans of or sure. interpret the term fan film however they they okay. like sure. we were tempted for a moment to make a movie that was all ceiling fans and oscillating <laughs> fans, <laughs> but we decided against it in favor of something that i think came out far better oh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, so so this is the first year that rule two has been involved in dj60 and so far I gotta say, we got a great track record. Yeah. We, we made a short film called Full Tilt for the Spring Festival. Full tilt. Uh, the elevator pitch that I like to give yeah. is, it's like the seventh seal, but instead of a knight playing chess with death, it's like a kid from the 1980s playing pinball to save her soul. Ah! And uh, <laughs> we shot at all of the House of Targ down in the Glebe. Very cool. And uh, we won the Fantasia Fantasy Award at the D60 Film Festival, and then the prize was an industry pass to the Fantasia Film Festival in Montreal. Wow, that's a so, huge deal. So I, I, yeah. we spent the better part of July in Montreal seeing movies <laughs> at the Fantasia Festival and, and hobnobbing at industry cocktail parties. Yeah, yeah that was, that was a awesome. pretty good month. <laughs> that, that was a pretty excellent month, I have to say. That's uh, great. Oh, good on you guys. Well, thank you. Yeah, right. I'm very pleased with that. Yeah, I can imagine. And can you talk about what your, your fan film will be, or is that oh, under sure. wraps? We absolutely can, because uh, we obtained special permission to release it a little early hey. online, because it coincides with a rather momentous occasion. Would you care to talk about it, Grant? Well, um, so our our fan film is, uh, is really a... It's an alternate version of, uh, like, the Jurassic Park sequel that okay. is currently in production. Mm -hmm. um, uh, now, uh, the story of this production is really interesting because uh, a friend of a friend, uh, you know, pitched us this amazing story. Uh, should I, How much should I uh, spoil well, here? Well, here, no, actually, I, I, have, I have some pretty good context for this. Okay, uh, all right. It, it's, it's almost as though our spring win at Digi60 led to this. Oh. Because we, we won the festival pass in Montreal in the spring. We went to Montreal, and while we were in Montreal, our friend Matt Jankovic pitched us his idea for Jurassic Park 4. <laughs> Yep. So so it's sort of like because because we won, we heard his pitch for Jurassic right. Park Four, which we have then turned into our fan film. <laughs> and uh, it maybe maybe rather than spoil the content of it, I should just say if you Google Jurassic Park Four according to an eight year old, <laughs> you can probably find oh, us. I, I, we we can that. probably even link to it. We will. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. And uh, we got special permission to release it early because today, literally the day that we're recording this podcast, the actual trailer yeah. for Jurassic Park Four, Jurassic World, oh, shoot. just just yeah. came out. So we're hoping to to get some attention on our version because. I think our version's better, frankly. <laughs> I think it's a lot Chris better. Chris Pratt in your version. No, but... but uh, <laughs> Who'd you get? Steven Tobolowsky? Samuel L. Jackson's oh, back. Oh, my. Oh, there you go. He's back, and he rides a dinosaur. Hashtag. <laughs> Hashtag. Oh, I thought you just meant his back. Like, oh, no. <laughs> he returns. We recorded his back. Nothing else. He returns. <laughs> Hashtag, like hold on your butts. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Did anyone see the act, the Jurassic World trailer? Yeah, I saw I the teaser. Uh, yeah. A friend of mine posted it. it. He worked on it, actually. He, he's what? 
He's an animator. Dinosaur? In, uh, He's nope. a dinosaur, yeah. <laughs> in Vancouver, and yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool. Video. But uh, yeah, I didn't see the full trailer yet. You did, though. Yeah, right? I saw it without any audio, so it made it, ah, it, made it better. You didn't Damn work, computer. <laughs> <laughs> well, no offense to your friend, but ours is way better. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell him about it. This is good. You should, you should send it to him and say, you could have been working on this. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Imagine what you could have animated with this. Yeah. Maybe you're open. So, there's that. Uh, so... We are uh, approaching an hour. Oh yeah, Ooh. it's it's un it's unbelievable how fast this went. Uh, but what I'd like to do is still fit in our speed round. So uh, unless there's anything oh. crazy going on in Ottawa, there's a couple things that we should mention. Should we mention it? Yeah. So we'll do that quickly. We'll jump to speed round and we'll close it up. So first up and uh, not most important, I'll save the best for last. Uh, <laughs> next week, just before our next episode comes out. Christmas Lights Across Canada is starting, so it's when they turn the lights on at Parliament and all around the downtown core and across Canada. Um, but I went there a few years ago for, to watch them turn the lights on, and it was just a really great experience. On Parliament Hill, they give you candles, there's uh, hot chocolate, there's beaver tails, there's Christmas carols, all that good stuff. So that's December 3rd on Parliament Hill. Yeah. All right. And uh, more importantly, our own Keegan on is starring? Can I say starring? No, I'm not starring. I'm in it for like a minute and 30 seconds. That's starring. He, he's playing a role in a, a play called George Washington Slept Here, which is being put on by the Russell Association for the Performing Arts. Uh, you can go to their website at rapa.ca. We also had on our on this podcast the director of that production, Kevin KK. Kennedy. Yeah. So uh, we're all really excited. It opens. Yeah, it's this week. It opens tomorrow. It opens tomorrow? Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday yeah. yeah. So Wednesday, Definitely. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'll be there. So you can see Keegan if you really want to. You yeah. can go to Russell. If you want to drive forty-five minutes out of Ottawa <laughs> to see there. him for a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's worth okay. it. Yeah. That's it. Those yeah, are the that's, that's it. Right. I see not Nature Nocturne on there. You don't, you don't care. Yeah. About Nature, Nature Nocturne, Nocturne is happening again. as usual on Friday, <laughs> the last Friday of the month. Okay. Yep. Apparently, we're doing grass sale. Happening. Yeah. Good for you. Uh, okay, let's go to the street round. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I think what we'll do is we'll cycle through. It'll, uh, we'll start with Rob. Rob's the timer anyway, so when he's ready, he'll go. And what we'll do is we'll say a name. So, either Grant or McGill, ask a question, and then cycle through and alternate names. Can we do that? That's complicated. It's not complicated. You mean three mean, questions for one person, three questions no, no, for another? No, let's let them each answer both, all the questions. It's faster this way. We don't want it to be faster. I want fa- It's called speed round. This is already slower. <laughs> <laughs> Ask the question. <laughs> Are we doing one at a time? Yeah. Go. All right, Grant, what is your favorite flavor of ice cream? Uh, um, uh, vanilla. McGill, favorite suburb of Ottawa. Favorite what? Suburb. Suburb of Ottawa? <laughs> it's got to be New Edinburgh where I live. Hey. Grant, what would you never do? Uh, um, jump in the Rideau Canal. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> McGill, favorite film of all time? Oh my god, how dare you? <laughs> that is, we don't have another hour. <laughs> uh, off the top of my head, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Grant, what was your best Halloween costume? Uh, the one that I wore to Keegan's, uh, which was a... A uh, giant uh, papercraft version of my own head. Yeah, <laughs> it is amazing. Uh, McGill, most compelling video game character. 
video game character. You guys are giving me the hard ones. Just for fun and obscurity, how about the protagonist of the game, Gunpoint? You played that one? No. No. See? There you go. Look it up. Grant, favorite restaurant in Ottawa? The Manx. Okay. Gil, who of the three of us you feel has the nicest nostrils? Grant. Oh, <laughs> wild card. I like it. <laughs> Grant, if you could make any film a reality, what would you? Do? Which one would you do? See, these film questions are really tough. Um, <laughs> I got. Uh, um, Racerhead. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> uh, so, Miguel, what is your favorite piece of film equipment? My favorite Cameron, piece of mic. Any, any oh, piece man, of give me a, a gorgeous <laughs> editing suite any yeah, day. Yeah, all right. Over the green screen. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. The green screen is nothing without the editing suite. <laughs> Grant, favorite uh, outdoor space in Ottawa? Um, hmm. Five seconds. Oh, no. This is so hard. Experimental farm. What? <laughs> he didn't have another question. No. <laughs> so he's celebrating. <laughs> See, that worked. That yeah, just fine. fine. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, People listening at home, if you couldn't distinguish their voices, don't worry. Because you called them by name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had a shot at all I've those had questions. Issue. Yeah. Yeah. We are. Back to part so, two. Guys, let's uh, let's talk about things that you might want to promote. Oh gosh, there's so much stuff going on. Yeah. yeah. Do you want me to take this? I got. I got you should just. Go with this. All right. So if you Google Rule 2 Productions, rather than give the complex subdomain URL, (laughs) just Google Rule 2. R-U-L-E and the number 2 Productions. You can find us on Vimeo. You can find our website. You can see our portfolio. All the great work that we do. Uh, Twitter, we are at Rule 2 Production because apparently there is too many characters to have the S. So we are at Rule 2 Production. Um... You can find us on Facebook as well. Uh, I do a weekly movie podcast called Shouts from the Back Row, and I run a media culture blog, the-back-row.com. And uh, every second Tuesday at the Avant-Garde, every second Tuesday of the month, I should say, Ah. every second Tuesday of the month at the Avant-Garde Bar uh, in downtown Ottawa, we host a film screening series called Kinocular Vision. It's like binocular, binocular vision, but with a K uh, for an obscure Russian reference for all those (laughs) Russian films, cinephiles in Ottawa. Uh. Kinocular vision, and uh, we essentially every month we screen an hour of interesting short films, music videos, and weird clips, and then we show a feature film. Our next screening is on December 9th. the, The theme is Silent Night, so we're showing Christmas stuff, but we're also showing silent films. Ah, and the yeah. feature film that night is an F.W. F.W. Murnau classic from 1924 called The Last Laugh. But I'm rescoring the entire thing with the music of Radiohead. So oh. it is going to be it is going to be trippy and cool and super oh, fun. Very cool. And I encourage people to come out. There is no admission fee, so it's a it's a great time. Oh, great. that's great. Okay. Did I miss anything? Is there anything else no, you want to promote? No, I, I think that's that everything. It and Digi 60 Jurassic yeah. Park 4 according to an 8-year-old. Yeah. Everybody yes. look that up. We have to. We'll look we'll at <laughs> that. So Grant, nothing to add to that? No, no. I think you've covered it all, Miguel. Okay. Uh, Keegan, promote your, you want to promote your, your play again? I'm in a play in Russell. That's it? We'll link it. All right. <laughs> um, I haven't done this yet, but it's almost the end of the month. But I'm uh, I'm actually doing it in November. So uh, maybe we'll link my... Yeah, we'll put a link. 
It's uh, for men's health research. You'll, you'll, you'll see. You'll just read up on it. It's fine. Uh, and, uh, Rob, why don't, uh, why don't you tell us where they can find us? Uh, they can find us at ottawapodcast.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Ottawa Podcast, as always. Once again, thank you to Bose for giving us the Best of Bose 2014 holiday pack. We're officially finished. We're officially done with it now, but uh, yeah, so we tried the Burnt Rock Vanilla Porter. Yep. And we also tried the St. Luke's First Lavender Groot. Groot, pronounced yep. correctly this time. And we're all out. Ooh. <laughs> so, <laughs> breweries, we're looking for more. Uh, that's it. That's the show. So we're going to finish off with Grant and McGill saying, Auto what? However you like. Are, are, are we like on three? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Should we Bill and Ted this? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, one, two. Auto oh, what? what?